0: walking in Paris. Oh,
1: <laughs> you remember, we used to tell so many knock knock jokes. We told a million knock jokes. I was, like, endlessly amused by knock-knock, who's there? <laughs> banana, banana, knock-knock, who's there? Orange, 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 you thought I didn't say banana. Like, I thought that was the funniest joke well, ever Well, your kids do, child. too. You and Grandma were very patient with my repeated telling of that joke <laughs> as a child. Oh.
0: Hello. Look at this one. Very brave. <laughs> that one is very determined. <laughs> totally unfair thing to say, but the little head is so menacing. Yeah, but the head movement is like one of the exercises we did at school. You know, back, or back or forth. and forth. Back and forth. back and front and back and front and back.
1: Karl Marx. 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 Sexual lust. Marx.
0: Yeah, Eric, Eric Prince is our uh angel investor, um which is how we can record how we get all those like Resident Evil and Super Mario Brother sound effects. Those all come from our very generous donor, um the former the the former CEO and founder of Blackwater.
1: Yeah, that's true and anyone else who has those, you know, that it's a similar situation <laughs> that they have. Um and that's that's you can quote me on that. That's legally actionable. Um <laughs> Before we get into joining Blackwater, um, I finally watched Hillary Clinton's TV show. Yeah, that's right. You're listening to Agab, everyone. The only video game podcast that's entirely about Hillary Clinton's gutsy, Um, which has to be... So it puts the banal in the banality of evil, I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I watched the first two episodes because I specifically wanted to get to um, ContraPoints' ap- uh, appearance, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, it's really boring.
0: Yeah. It's, like, really boring, right? Like, what the fuck? It's boring in a, like, it. you know how, so you have something that's really bad but entertaining, then you have just boring... Plain, vanilla, something that's not even – you can't even pay attention to. And then you have a secret third thing, which is so <laughs> – which, which is watching people who are uh, uh, imaginably, presumably related to one another um, attempt to hold a conversation with one another for the first time in their entire lives. Do you know what happens if you drink
1: too much tea
0: in Paris? no european <laughs> and they can't do they it they can't They're te- they 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 don't know each other um and that's probably the best and funniest confirmation <laughs> is that you f- you're just like yeah we we know that hillary and chelsea clinton do not have a relationship and this just proves it because they you have to watch them sit on a bench and talk about birds and it's awkward
1: it's the most <laughs> like awkward unpleasant scripted fucking thing i've ever heard in my life um the thing about Hillary is I don't think that she if she ever knew, she no longer has any idea how to like interact with a human being. So all she does is her weird, vacant smile and nod uh that she responds to everything with. And there's this really amazing moment, I think, in the first episode, um, where she's speaking to like a, a clown, mm-hmm. an old clown man mm-hmm. <laughs> and He sounds fucking hilarious, (laughs) all right?
0: Comedy is okay, but clown is more difficult. Yes. Because if you are a young boy, you come home, your costume is completely dirty, your mother still loves you. Yeah. Mm. If you are a girl, it's not sure your father still loves you. Mm. So for a woman, it's more dangerous. Mm.
1: We got it. We got to just be clear. He's he's a funny sounding guy, which is what you want in a clown. He's one of the best. Um, but he's saying really weird stuff. He's talking about how he was he was a naughty boy <laughs> and and stuff like that um, in a way that I don't think even has any um undertones. I think that's he's just a weird old guy. And she's just sitting there nodding like so true, King. So true. I've always said that about being a clown. And it's like, I don't I don't think she's even there. I think she's in her happy place um stomping on I don't know children from
0: Libya (laughs) and that's where she goes I'm chilling in the no fly zone (laughs) we're gutsy (laughs) that's
1: gutsy it is pretty gutsy to be chilling in the no fly zone to be fair she loves it there some notes that I took while watching and um the first thing I wrote down on on both episodes was Chelsea is fucking whining again (laughs) Because both episodes open with her complaining about people being mean to her online. Um, Chelsea Clinton is the most annoying, aggrieved little shit on the planet Earth, despite never having to work a real job.
0: Um, it's fine. Um, There's a. Have you ever watched the show Veep? No. It's. A, I highly recommend Uncurred. it. Um. It's. Uh. Um. What, it was started and show ran by Armando Iannucci for several seasons. Uh, The later seasons, I think, are pretty good, too. But the main character is a um, rich, craven politician who, despite her inability to relate to anybody who actually has to vote for her, is obsessed with obtaining and maintaining as much power as possible to incredibly comic ends. The cast is great. The writing is great. It's the uh the Selena Meyer, the central character's relationship with her daughter Catherine is one of the funniest things I've ever seen because this is just it. Because while Hillary Clinton is has to be a uniquely awful person to spend any amount of time with, um, especially when people aren't actually looking at her. Um, oh, she hates that. What's uh what's got to be even worse is when. Despite how awful that person is, you, you you watch and you observe her relationship with her failed daughter um, and you go, man, I can see why you, I wouldn't like her if she was my kid either. She's annoying as shit. <laughs>
1: yeah, I would be constantly wondering what I did wrong. <laughs> like, fuck,
0: how how did this happen? How, how did this occur? It's amazing that, like, I, I think the most interesting thing about Gussie is how it's in in a similar way that Hillary Clinton has done it before, uh, despite people just repeatedly over and over saying, we, we just do not like you, um, it's not just because you're a bad politician, but it's because people just fundamentally do not like you, is that she's trying to solidify her legacy in the same way that Obama has done, you know, doing voiceover for Netflix documentaries about parks and winning Grammys and, you know, you know, and you know, intervening in the midterms to prevent modest social democracy, and like, yeah, all in a television. And so she she has to solidify and secure her political legacy in some way. And the way that you do that now is culture. You make a TV show. Um, and to yet again watch Hillary Clinton be so desperate for the kind of affection and attention that politicians who have worked twenty five percent as hard. Um, as she has obsessively trying to obtain and maintain power Um, and to watch her yet again, produce something that is so alienating, so fundamentally unrelatable that it's almost, it it almost became interesting again to watch a lot of people (laughs) who I don't care about have conversations about stuff that is just like the, the first episode of gutsy is about comedy um yeah and so they meet with the with the weird french pervert clown who's by far the best character and the funniest person he's amazing um (laughs) and then they go bowling um yeah and then they talk about the uh um the uh, uh the girl boss power of um Madeline Albright's pins. This started after the first Gulf War when one of Saddam Hussein's henchmen called her a serpent. And so the next time she went to see Saddam Hussein, she wore a big serpent pin, which was an oh. elegant but smart way of making the point. Look, I'm listening and I'm watching.
1: Oh um. my fucking god. <laughs> was, yeah, okay. Rough. So That was fucking insane. Uh, And it was such peak, like, annoying liberal bullshit where they were like, oh, she was so epic. She (laughs) would own people with, like, passive-aggressive pins. And it's like, you should live in an aquarium forever, I think. Um, Oh, and and we can't forget the the, uh, great girl boss discussion they had with fucking Amy uh, Amy Schumer, uh-huh. there's this huge problem where really fucking, uh, as a consequence of how class works, you know, it's it's the rich white women who get to be the main sort of faces of feminism in this way that's really corrosive to the movement. Because they... Hillary Clinton doesn't fucking know what it feels like to be an oppressed or marginalized person. She doesn't know what the experience of a marginalized person is, her class position and her race insulates her so fucking immensely from the hardships of like being a woman on the planet earth that she has nothing to fucking say about it. Nothing. Um, and yet she is for a lot of like a scary number of people, the face of feminist politics, um, or at least she was a few years ago. Um, but she's, you know, she's doing an Apple TV show now. So I think it's safe to say that she's declined as a life form a fair bit, which is a good sign, I think, for all the other life forms. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's really frustrating, I guess. Um, it falls in line a bit with this big trend. I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here. There's a, There's been a, a big trend uh, specifically. I'm just coming for white women today. Enemy <sighs> of the pod, white women. Um, really trying to get behind all these movements who, uh, uh, of marginalized people who are much more recently having their voices heard, even the tiniest bit, and being like, oh yeah, us too. Also us, Um, even in situations where they were where they played quite an active role in the repression of those people. um, There was a a, everyone was getting mad at someone on Twitter, just like yesterday, Um, because they were they were talking about uh, how actually um, white women and black slaves had, uh, you know, they had cause for solidarity because they were both mistreated by white men. At that point, point. and it was like white women uh, were slave
0: owners. Also, actually, that's not how any of that went. Do you <laughs> that's know not how Do- any of that went? Have you read a book? That's not how that went. That's not what happened. No, one of the
1: one of the uh, most common causes of lynchings were perceived breaches in what was called racial etiquette, where uh, qu- and quite a lot of that was not showing proper deference to white people, and a lot of that uh, manifested in being seen to be. Uh, looking at or or speaking inappropriately to white women. It was a huge, uh, you know, anxiety, you know, they're coming for our women sort of thing, which is translated into a million racisms uh, of different varieties afterwards. Uh,
0: Google the Scottsboro Boys. What the fuck? Like, I missed this Twitter thread. Sorry. I- <laughs>
1: what? Oh, no, g- good, it, it was infuriating, and it was so okay. emblematic of this type of white feminism that really is like, you know, it's white men and then everyone else. It's like, no, 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 fuck face. Get over here. We saw what you did. Actually, there's an amazing... This isn't someone I want to really cite in a political sense too much, but the uh, an old Bill Burr bit that always stuck with me. And he's like, why are white women acting like they weren't here right next to us? Like, no, no, no. You come here and take your talking to also. Um, yeah. And I always thought that was funny that even, you know, guy from Boston who is mostly just <laughs> complaining about his wife, um. Even he can sort of see what's going on. Uh, and one thing I would add to that is um, Emmett Till, who was famously murdered at 14 years old for supposedly uh, you know speaking uh, out of turn to a white woman. Uh, the woman who made the completely false accusation against him, Carolyn Bryant, I'm pretty sure is still alive and still acting as if she did nothing wrong. So shut the fuck up forever is is my my view on on people who are trying to push that sort of weird line well it's just Um, it's
0: it's emblematic of a certain kind of politics that really a lot of people thankfully don't seem to be buying at there's a certain kind of like upper middle class like white liberal who's invested in these particular politics but most of the time people kind of see it as bullshit when these like very wealthy and very established Fig, fluid figures in culture who uh, who in the 1990s can talk about things like super predators and that kind of a thing and then flip and become yeah. sort of like woke slate queen 20 years later after calling for no-fly zones and destabilizing entire countries in north africa there's like they, they're able to sort of drag out these cultural avatars who ultimately support and like s- legitimize their politics i think about the sort of celebrity collaborations and political campaigns that like on the one hand people were talking about how Katy perry the, the who used to do acquire the fire by the way i was joking about that on twitter it's like a weird evangelical <laughs> it's like a weird evangelical traveling like youth revival thing um mm-hmm. by that was run by this group called teen mania um uh which is an interesting choice in names But like people were surprised when she was voting Republican and that she was also like campaigning vehemently for Hillary Clinton. I'm like, no, it's like the woke stuff for the liberals is all just a language to communicate their exact same politics. There's a reason why it's connected to this, you know, affirming sort of like self-soothing culture that's popular among sort of very, you know, gentle, upper middle class liberals, a lot of those right wing psychos point to this kind of a thing and use it as a way to try and push back culturally against, as you were saying, hey, the actual voices of marginalized groups that recently have been giving a little, have been given a larger platform. It's just, it's all, bu- it's all theater. It's all bullshit. It's all propaganda. Like, and I mean, we know that. But like, you know, and watching it post, ironically, I know that is propagandistic. But if there's one thing that I can say about the Hillary Clinton show is that what's so funny about it is that just as with everything that she's tried to do in her career, the more she attempts to endear herself to a larger audience that's not already fiercely and obsessively loyal to her, the less people Mm -hmm. like her. And it's the funniest fucking thing, because to be that alienating and unrelatable as a person is just like. Did you see um, my my like the heir to this inability to relate to people? Kamala Harris was posted a video of her impending mental breakdown as she was walking onto a bus. She sees a camera. She's walking onto a bus and she says, on the, bus go round and round. <laughs> "The wheels on the bus go round and round." And I have a lot of things to say about that. First of all, that's not what how wheel fuck? that's not how wheels on the bus goes. That's not the, t- she sings, she, so she sings the song wrong. Her first instinct is to sing a child song instead of to say hello or wave and say, having a great day. I'm excited for the election. She sings a song and then does that horrifying laugh that she does. That's not how that song, anyways, none of these people are actual people. They're no. like, they're like 15 military contractors in a trench coat. <laughs> no one should listen to them we should always just laugh at them because they're, as as they basically suggest themselves in the first episode of Gutsy, they're just fucking clowns. They're clowns.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why it's so aggravating um, when they try to, you know, almost creep up behind um, actual liberatory movements and be like, oh, we're also part of this while their hands are fucking soaked in blood, you know? It's like, no, you, again, can't stress this enough, giant aquarium that you should all be kept in. Um, and I think that's a big part of why people are justifiably frustrated at, uh, one contra points for going on this TV show, this television program. And, uh, I, I don't really know why she did it. Uh, so I watched the episode with her. And one thing I will say is a lot of people are, uh, we're getting mad at her for things that she didn't say, but I would like to stress that this show is so, over-edited, that every conversation is cut into a million pieces, and I don't feel like I know what anyone said to anyone, actually. Um, So I'm not going to make that kind of a critique. Um, Although I would say that if she was uh, criticizing Hillary in any way, she would not have been on the show, so I think it's safe to assume that didn't happen. But um, it was a really boring conversation, uh, which I think was kind of disappointing after all the, like, weird hype and, and drama, I guess, coming from a lot of people. Um, Nothing that interesting or even funny was said, and uh, I think one weird thing was that the whole episode was about denazification, um, or maybe, I, I guess that's kind of a loaded phrase now, uh, Nazi rehabilitation, I guess, um, which is really funny because, you know, <clears throat> neither of the Clintons have ever once suggested that anti-fascism is anything that they've viewed with anything but, you know, contempt and and horror. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's very funny to be like, uh, no, we like this, but in a vague way that you can't identify uh, as anything too overtly political. Uh, and and so ContraPoints takes this opportunity to, um, complain about cancel culture. And, uh, that's about it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so fucking lame. Yeah. I don't know. What, what what did you think of that? Do you have any, any any opinions on on her her segment?
0: No, not really, but that's but I have I have like non like non opinions on it, right? Because it wasn't much of Yeah. That's the problem with the whole and the entire crux of the conversation is that it necessitates like what 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 actually destroys fascism? Um they didn't talk to like they talk. I, you know, it's been a while since I watched that episode, but you know, there are people that I read who have a really interesting takes on how we describe contemporary fascism. Do we find like do we define it as a post fascist sort of move towards something new, um, sort of it, 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 as a non pure rehabilitation of the old versions of it, which is something I I typically agree with. Um, what like there there's no like. The the way to address that, um, that's not through a world war, um, is to offer alternatives that that type of sort of Democratic Party politician is never gonna do. It's just like so it's the, the conversation itself is moot from the jump. So, you know, Natalie Wynn goes on, Natalie Wynn uh what doesn't go on, you know, it's all gonna be the same thing, you know yeah acceptability in politics is about not trump being there the republican party is dangerous but we're not willing to say in all of the ways that they are um <laughs> we're not willing to offer up some sort of a substantive alternative that move towards something new even in the way funny enough a lot of people within the democratic party are trying to do i don't think that they're going to be successful in that way necessarily but at the same time it's mm. still like no we can't even, like I mean, we can kind. Natalie Wynn was like the progressive that they wanted to to bring on was like and like oh here's here are our bona fides is the video essayist and it's like okay yeah I get it I, I I I get what this is terminally online this is nothing this is ultimately it's nothing it's like Hillary Clinton's presidential ambitions. Oh. Oh, happy birthday to this future
1: president. Let's Mm. go. Mm. Man, I love that that tweet every year uh, (laughs) goes around as it should. Happy birthday. Um, I'm definitely with you on on sort of the question of of how to think about sort of uh, modern incarnations of fascism. I think people are way too overeager to think that it's something new because they make the mistake. Uh, and anyone who's seen my function of fascism video will know where I'm going here. They make the mistake of of thinking a uh, fascism is a single uh, coherent economic plan uh, that is based they might base it on on Italy or Germany right. um, obviously during World War II and say, well, that that's the only thing that fascism is when I think that we see looking throughout the twentieth century, fascism does not have it, it has a tendency towards privatization for sure. Um, but it, it it does not have a coherent economic policy in the way that, say, communism does. Uh, it is, it's not uh, a political project on that particular axis. It's on a very different uh, sort of ideological
0: and cultural axis. Historically generative in a sort of like... It's obsessed with the politics of virtue, um, of purity, mm-hmm. and the center of that is always fluid and moving because at the core of reactionary ideology is not the essential conflicts between the essential conflicts found in the makeup of the social world but rather imagined ideas of lost pasts that are merged with more contemporary more contemporary drives and but which is why you see you know fascists of the 20th century influenced by american frontier projects of the 19th century american frontier projects uh influencing american far-right culture that mixes with a like <laughs> a, a certain kind of um a post-war on terror military ideology that i think we're going to discuss at length today <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why it gets, that's why it's not, it's not easy to pin down. Um, and it requires, uh, smart people to talk about it.
1: Oh, man. If you find a couple of smart people, let me know. Uh, (laughs) for the meantime, dear listener, you're stuck with us, bitches. Uh, we are going to talk about that in just a sec. I just want to say one closing thing on Hillary Clinton's ridiculous fucking vanity project. Um, which is, um, I didn't make note of her name. There was a a woman who was, I think, you know, one of the less or non famous people in in this episode uh, at the end, and she was talking about, in reference, I think, to sort of right wing media, billions being spent to destroy hope and limit people's ability to get this to imagine a better world, and she said all of this sitting across from one Hillary Rodham Clinton doing her usual vacant sort of <laughs> smile and nod. If she was listening at all, maybe thinking that, uh, yes, she did indeed participate in that political project. Uh, hell is real and it's only
0: for her. It's just flight. Like you, you think she's listening, but behind that vacant stare is just flight of the Valkyries. Like <laughs> just like a, apocalypse. Yeah. now War music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh she That's gutsy. No matter what anybody said. Someone asked if she'd like more water. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> white phosphorus falling on civilians. That's gutsy. <laughs> girl, oh boss, baby. girl boss, maybe girl boss, <laughs> maybe. So spe <laughs> speaking of girl bossing, speaking of uh you know massacring civilians, speaking of the militarist spirit of fascism. And really, speaking of the the super-dense black stone uh, where Hillary Clinton's soul should be, we've gathered here today to talk about the new Call of Duty game, which, confusingly for me, is titled Modern Warfare 2. Are we at war?
0: We don't know his name. Money, weapons,
1: intel. He's planning something.
0: Sergeant McDovish! welcome to the City of Souls. There are few here to uphold the law, and many of those who resist corruption disappear.
1: I'm not 100% sure why they're just doing Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2 again with a lot of similar characters, but everything else is different. I don't... I, I get... I don't... I don't get it. I, I don't... It's it's like they they're reimagining a thing they did 10 years ago but it it's, you know, the same thing at heart. It's fine.
0: I don't want to get too hung up onto it. It's stupid. It's nothing like um, the US military at all. Imagining it's nothing a, like reimagining a thing ten years ago and <laughs> pretending that it's different.
1: Oh damn. Over
0: and over and over. You know again. what?
1: Maybe they may, maybe the maybe Activision has a stronger thematic sense than <laughs> I've been giving them credit for, actually. Um Kyle. Would you like to introduce us to this game? I see you've
0: got quite a bit in our show notes here. Um, let's let's
1: let's enter the darkness.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to uh, inaugurate a new Agap tradition of actually summarizing the game that we talk about, which may be controversial in terms of a video game podcast, but we've always been about breaking barriers here. Um, so I think. Um, if you're interested in not having the story spoiled of this game, first of all, why are do you intend to play this? Don't don't yeah, play don't this. don't play this
1: fucking game. Don't play this game. I'm not respecting your your views on spoilers uh, yeah.
0: for this game. don't play no, it. Just don't don't play it. but also, you know I, I've done I've done my best to try and summarize the campaign mode for modern warfare 2. 2022 not to be confused with modern warfare 2 campaign remastered from 2020 um call of duty modern (laughs) warfare from 2019 call of duty world war 2 or call of duty modern warfare remastered which is from 2016 um yeah uh oh my god um yeah or call of duty modern warfare 2 from 2009 um or Call of Duty Modern Warfare mobilized or reflects You get the idea. Anyways, uh, the story of this game, it begins after the discovery of a weapons deal between Russians and a fake version of Hashem Soleimani, um, who you might remember as being assassinated in a drone strike by Donald Trump in a move that's only been good for geopolitical relations between the United States and Iran. Um... <laughs> Uh, which have always been fine and super stable and totally good. Um, anyways, a, a joint international military spec ops group called Task Force 141, which was created at the end of the last Modern Warfare game. And again, I don't mean Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare um, or Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I mean Call of Duty Modern Warfare <laughs> from 2019. Um, it's fine. Just try and keep up. Yeah, okay. So Task Force 141. Um, pilots a missile into the middle of this uh, discovered weapons deal uh, and kills everybody. So um, you assassinate the fake Hassem Soleimani in the same way that the real one was assassinated uh, by within the first ten minutes of this game. After this, the fake Soleimani is replaced by his uh, ranking commander Hassan Piker a fashionista streamer and friend of a group called al katala which is fake <laughs> al-qaeda um, who during a, in early in the game, during a Marsock deployment led by char- yep. the familiar characters Ghost and Soap, is discovered to be in possession of not just high tech gaming equipment, but also US made missiles. Uh, Hassan Piker is apparently working with Los Almas, a Mexican drug cartel. Sure. <laughs> so you go there and team up with Mexican special forces, including one of Alejandro, one of my many boyfriends in this game who I can fix. Um, we'll get into how problematic oh I Oh my am. God, uh, Kyle. Later. Will you team up with them for, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Will you team up with them <laughs> for a, a joint operation with a, a private military company called shadow company who's definitely not blackwater um to get hassan piker to destroy twitch once and for all um so actually never mind what we need to do is go to spain because Los almas in a hatchery in spain has hidden russian gps devices that they plan to use on these stolen u.s missiles but wait actually they caught well wait uh, so you actually have to go to Uzbekistan um, for a little while, but no, actually, no, you have to go back to Los Alamos and learn the identity of someone called El Sinombre. Um, no. Okay. So as it turns out, Philip Graves cut a deal with the leader of El Nombre with El Nombre to reveal locations of these American missiles that they're looking for. But as it also turns out, Philip Graves and Shadow Company are going to betray you, um, because, they're gay nerds and they're in fake black wa- water and they're bad. Mm-hmm. So the one, and they're ac- and it turns out they're actually the ones responsible for the miss, the missing missiles in the first place. Um, so now they're going to kill a bunch of civilians um, and you, because they're the bad guys too. And so you um, need to go stop them. And okay. So it turns out Hassan Piker has moved the final missiles from his palace in West Hollywood to Chicago, using the power of posting and by driving it there on his Lamborghini. And Hassan Piker is going to kill Nancy Pelosi and Alexandria (laughs) Ocasio-Cortez by aiming it at Washington, D.C. But anyway, it's fine. You shoot Hassan Piker with a sniper rifle. Um, Everything's fine. It's not a big deal. But then at the very end, um, you learn that uh, Russian nationalists were actually the people who, who... stole the missiles in the first place. So the next, and then they show basically a recreation of like the airport scene from the other, uh, modern warfare game. What I can't remember. No Russian, uh, that very famous, um, mass murder mission that you play in Mm -hmm. an earlier call of duty game. Um, but this time it's set on a plane. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So that's the, that's the game. It, it, I, I assume that no one has any questions because it is really easy to summarize. The story makes perfect sense. It's, um, it it has to be as yeah. incoherent as it is,
1: so it can fit in every um, group that you're meant to be afraid of in the 21st century, mm-hmm. right? You're meant to be afraid of Russia. You're meant to be afraid of uh, Islamic terror and you uh, Iran of course and um you're meant to be afraid drug cartels yeah yeah you're meant to be afraid of drug cartels uh although regarding El Nombre I can fix her um <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's fine that yeah, she's see? a little mean you know it's okay
0: hey. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can just why don't we just start there everyone's hot this game is really homoerotic. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Let, let's, let's get into this. Let's just... There is a scene... There are several scenes. First of all, there's a scene where you have to... There's a lot of really boring, sneaking missions in the campaign of this game. And by boring, I mean they're filled with all of this resource-gathering crap. Yeah. And like, they're they're long and dragged out. But they do the Call of Duty Modern Warfare thing where you chat a little bit over your radio or whatever. And there is an extended scene. Ghost and Soap are talking to each other over the radio. And they're just like complimenting each other and talking about how big each other are (laughs) and like it's i'm like what is going on at one point uh you're riding on the back you're in i think that's when you're in urzik stand or whatever and then someone asks you to take a grenade launcher off of their back and it is the horniest motion in a video game that i'm moving this big phallic object off of this like guy's like dump truck backside <laughs> and like I'm supposed to be like yeah this is the mask like
1: I was so not in the right headspace uh, when that scene happened because I, I was I was kind of looking around I heard him be like take the launcher and I was looking around like the truck we were in thinking oh there's like guns in the yeah. truck it must be on the floor uh, and I look around for a few seconds and I don't see it and then I turn around and I just see him like
0: presenting <laughs> uh... I love video games. Sometimes, even evil ones like this. I'm like, this is this is fine. Listen, it's just me and the boys, and uh, mm-hmm. don't worry about what we're doing. It's fine.
1: We're in the truck. It's okay.
0: Yeah, d- don't listen. <laughs> First of all, we're in the truck. <laughs> what happens in the truck stays in the truck. Yeah, it's truck also, rules. You just don't. Don't tune into the don't tune into the radio station while we flirt with each other. It's just like I just kept waiting for them to kiss. Yeah, keep like, keep comms
1: clear. This is for me and Ghost. We need to you know
0: <laughs> constantly, constantly just like waiting for them to kiss each other. I, it's frankly queer baiting <laughs> that they never
1: did. <laughs> Something that was really funny to me is. Um, there are a few women in the game and Mm -hmm. um, I think there's three. One of them, uh, they're all hot. One of them sort of an older lady. And then two of them are more like conventionally hot. Um, But the way the game doesn't actually seem like the game feels gay. Like it doesn't really linger on them much in the way you would expect a game with a, you know, a a heavy male gaze to do. Instead, it's, it's like, no, let, Let's go see what Ghost is up to, you know. <laughs> like.
0: No, they don't do that. They don't do that anymore. They take a certain they they create the good version of all of the types of people that they depict in order to like because you work because th- the thing about the various factions in this game, it like Task Force One Hundred One is supposed to be like international, not One Hundred One One. task force it's not task force 101 task force 141 Uh, task no they're task force 101 now task force 101 is it they're an inter they're international special forces so it's all the um a lot of the black ops stuff from like the black ops game get folded into Which a lot of that stuff resembles the sort of "quote unquote" bad guy private military contractors that they use to, like, you know, that you know, that that that, you know, people in power have used in the past and also used as easy scapegoats um, when they like literally hired them to do the thing that they end up doing, Um, and it turns out it's a war crime. Yeah, Uh, it has this like. There's the respectability and the restraint of the U.S. military, but it's mixed with the, you know, modern, the special operations of modern warfare. And so you have this international group, the introduction of like Mexican special forces in modern warfare games has been really interesting to me, particularly because they're always foiled by like, yeah, it turns out Iran in Mexican, a Mexican drug cartel are working together <laughs> to move an american missile to chicago that's so preposterous like, <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah it's it's wild to think but like they the purpose of the game is to like forge alliances in the acceptable ways like to to understand that the vanguard within the international special forces comes in conflict with The military apparatus that's too bureaucratic, um, but that also comes into conflict with private military contractors who are not restrained enough. They don't have the respectability and the sense of duty um, to not immediately just start murdering as many civilians as possible when it becomes advantageous for them, Mm -hmm. uh, like in the case of Philip Graves. Um, And so you have this, like, the only solution to all of the problems in these games is... A the best funded woke military that like like you know that like what was this was that 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 ad that made its way around Twitter that's like I'm a I'm a I'm a Lat, I'm a Latina with anxiety and oh yeah I, that was a CIA you know. ad I'm a woman of color I am a mom i am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder i used to struggle with imposter syndrome but at 36 i refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be i am proud of me full stop my parents left everything they knew and loved to expose me to opportunities they never had because of them i stand here today a proud first generation latina and officer at cia
1: yeah she's like, i'm an intersectional millennial and i was like first of all i don't think you know what that means but also like yeah we're we're pinkwashing that's what's happening right now it's fucking pinkwashing
0: i'm a scared latina and i pilot drones too <laughs> <laughs> like like i mean and that's what like everyone is hot Yeah, but, like, it can't be sexed in the way that a normal, like, a military game would be sexed, like, 15 years ago, either purely for the boys, with, like, heavy male gaze, not like the stuff, you know, the stuff Duke Nukem was making fun of, basically, like, actual real Duke Nukem. Uh, You can't do that. Women have to be respected, and they have to be respectable, and there has to be a couple of them, Uh, and they have to be one of the boys... And you like, there's no, you have to completely desexualize it. But in doing that, they play into they they still play into all of the like tropes of masculinity that are the kind of thing that I like to say that like the straighter you get, the gayer it, I get, you know, like and you can't you can't do anything about it because you're trying to perform masculinity so hard that it becomes gay, and so they retain all of that stuff. So. The guys are flirting with each other and they're all muscly and hot. And it's every, it's the weird sort of like sexual B side of every straight guy's male power fantasy that's also like, you know, what if we kissed that? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it all ends up getting retained because they have to appeal to their audience while they also need to accomplish the goal of these games, which is a well funded modern. American military apparatus international neoliberal military apparatus led spiritually and actually by the United States and the United Kingdom is a fundamental good yeah for global society um because that's what these that is what these games are all about the ones that don't have a story the ones that do it's about retaining and maintaining the power fantasy without losing the sort of direction of our cultural moment so it's woke but it's not it's pro it's into what private military contractors can do, but it remembers what happened with Blackwater. Um, so they're still the bad guys, but it recognizes that military bureaucracy prevents the real rough riders from actually getting in there and getting their hands dirty to keep people safe. While at the same time, part of that part of that reason is they have to place restraint and look out for the lives of the brotherhood or whatever so really what we the solution to all of that is a well-funded american military plain and simple yeah it does
1: this is really a game that likes to have its cake and eat it too right um like uh general general man at one point is like yeah we're gonna use the pmc's uh, we're gonna cut yeah uh, circumvent inconvenient red tape and everyone's like yeah that makes perfect sense that's a great idea um, and then when you know they start doing war crimes, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, geez, how could this happen? Who could have possibly foreseen this that this would happen? Uh, and the funniest thing to me is that the general, uh, General Shepard, um, he has to go off the grid because of this. When in reality, yeah. there would be zero consequences for this man, um, because right. when the real world analogs of this happened, uh, there wasn't. It's got this mythic quality where it's like we're going to depict these real things that have happened or like an analog for them. But then we're also going to act as if, you know, if this thing happened, there would have been accountability and it would have been like unusual that it happened. Another great example is when they find out that um not Al-Qaeda has these fucking American missiles and everyone's like that's crazy what American weapons in the hands of terrorists that's never happened that's crazy and it's just like they're you know they're showing this kind of real thing that happens while acting like it's a total outlier in this really the whole thing feels like damage control a bit because people know a little bit too much about what the US military has been doing lately I don't
0: know yeah but it wasn't their fault it was the private military contractors and also it was Mexican and also the russians and also soleimani yeah like it, it's all flattened out and it's like oh there's this bit yeah it's the war on terror there's this big abstract enemy and it's the it's the inheritance of the war on terror from the cold war this shadowy like enemy that walks among us in like at home in, in the metropole and at the center of you know the countervailing empire. Mm-hmm. It's it's the sort of like obsessive paranoia of having to be everywhere and nowhere. It, it, it's you know you know all the Call of Duty games. It's like the the enemy is like it doesn't matter if you're in if you're if in the future with Kevin Spacey or if you're <laughs> storming Normandy <laughs> or you're in California, you're in Mexico, and you're in Morocco, or you're in Iran, or in, you're in a fake country that they made up the social geography is forever war the Mm. outside is not just outside it has already been infiltrated you should already have been paranoid it's like they have the reason why these games i think sell like crazy isn't just because they're like you know consumer shooters or whatever but it's because like the level of cynicism that they show especially this the black ops games but like it there it's what that cynicism is what makes them the most important american cultural products i think of our current moment is the idea that like there is an enemy it's it's like everybody it, it's it's this flattened out just scary fucking thing yeah that you should have already always been afraid of and it's bad it's been bad <laughs> I, for people i think
1: yeah I, I think we see the consequences of that in this game spelled out in a really interesting way where once you've designated somebody as a good guy because the enemy is everywhere all the time the rules shouldn't really apply to them anymore like um when you're doing the mexican special forces segment because these are the good the <laughs> these two main guys from this segment are like the only mexican uh characters you meet who aren't in league with terror which is you know that that's something yes. to think about um but they uh, illegally cross the border um the wall which they act like it's fine and normal that it's there just to you know normalize that a bit um and then they start barging into people's houses outside of their jurisdiction where they have no authority uh guns drawn in fact you fucking kill a couple totally unrelated civilians because they react to you barging into their house by going for their guns. So you're you're doing horrible shit totally unnecessarily. You don't end up catching the guy you're chasing. But th- this never comes up as really a problem that you've done this even though this should have been like an international incident. Like Mexican fucking troops came over fucking murdered some Americans. But th- these are the good guys and the war is everywhere all the time. So it's fine that they're doing this because we know... That their heart's in the right place, basically, and I feel like that ties into how this game views civilians, which is, first of all, they're always a possible threat. In the opening sequence, you're storming. I think it's an Al Qaeda house, um, and one there's one guy you kill, and there's a woman, presumably his wife, is like crying over his body, and then as you approach, she like grabs his gun and, and turns around and tries to shoot you. Um, there's the, the guys you kill when you're the Mexican special forces, you kind of, you burst into their house and they, they kind of just stand there for a second. And then they do what I think probably nobody would actually do in this situation, but these guys come in and their guns are already on you. They, they, they leap for their guns when they're like five feet away from you and, you know, instantly die for it. Um, Mm. civilians are constantly just a, a hair away from grabbing a gun and trying to kill you and you should always view
0: them as possible combatants. Yeah, you dis- de-escalate by aiming your gun at them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I know people have commented on this already, but I'm de-escalating. Yeah, that, the sequence before you
1: fucking kill some people in their own home that you broke into armed with no authority to even begin to do that. Uh, it begins with you, yeah, the, the prompt to de-escalate people by aiming your fucking gun at them. Uh, again, that starts with a guy who you are breaking into his home, so he kind of comes at you with a bat, like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? So you point your fucking gun in his face and get him to back off. Um deeply insane and horrifying uh and again never comes up as a problem that you've done this in any way and uh there's um a, a segment where I think we really get a look at how civilians work in the psyche of this sort of cultural product, which is uh and you may note of this in in the notes here Kyle the the highway with the extended car chase sequence. <laughs> where they are dropping... So it's just a civilian road, there's tons of civilian vehicles, and the enemy's just dropping landmines out the back of trucks as you chase them. Uh, And all your guys over the radio were like, oh, these awful pieces of shit, these monsters, they're jeopardizing civilian lives. You and your team chose to attack them on this public road where you knew there was going to be tons of civilians, and you've got like grenade launchers that you've very heterosexually taken from your friend... Uh, who's just your friend. Um, You're blowing up vehicles, fucking shooting guns everywhere. You are the... You instigated this fight. But because you are always in the right, because we've established you're the good guys, it's not your fault that civilians' lives are at risk. It's theirs, inherently. And I think that's really, really? interesting to how we think about, say, the war on terror and drone strikes, and no matter how many you know fucking weddings and hospitals we blow up the fact that the terrorists were maybe vaguely around means that it's their fault not ours
0: and the number of landmines that they have just on hand <laughs> so many toss tossing around it, it reminded honestly you know what it reminds me of the boss fights from crash bandicoot <laughs> yeah it's just but like that right it's so the boss fights in general are really goofy and but they're still like just as you're saying it's set on a public highway so it, it is this like i kind of want to like watch the news in the call of duty universe like without <laughs> like i just kind of want to watch the news i just kind of want to turn on the news and see what it's like because are like yeah 10,000 people died <laughs> in a, a, a chase on a high, on a, on a famous highway in a large city. It, it's inter- It's, it's an incredible contrast with all of the stuff that we were talking about when it comes to civilians, like when graves goes rogue uh, and the, 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 PMCs become the bad guys and you have to flee. Um, and basically you're, they're looking for you traveling through an entire city massacring everybody yeah like a whole a a fake i can't remember the name of the city it's fake they made it up which they have they have to they can't an actual massacre cannot happen in mexico city it's all it's this mixture of fake and real places and the fake places is where like like these are hundreds of people who are dying like they are like you you're crawling through this environment it's pretty grotesque like and you hear them like breaking into civilians homes and dragging them out and interrogating them and just shooting them on the spot like why would these people in the middle of the night have any idea where some random american is yeah. or like they're they're trying to find the stuff that you're looking for and so they're competing with you but the only difference is that rather than indirectly massacring a bunch of citizens they just do it directly and it's that's always made grotesque and like horrifying Because it is. But then at the same time, when you're, you know, chasing, you know, Dr. Robotnik (laughs) down fucking down the fucking highway in Iran, it's and it's like, no, it's fine. It can be Mad Max. Like, yeah, the only way for the bad guys to seem
1: worse than even the, the generous depictions of the U.S. military that you get here is to make them so like cartoonish, you know, to have that like ridiculous, pointless, just like pulling people out of their houses in a way that doesn't even further their goals in
0: any way lex lex luthor the joker and vegeta <laughs> have all it's just it's fortnite geopolitics that it's is like, going to be if, the
1: episode title <laughs> it's
0: what if what if uh what if eggman and <laughs> lex luthor and uh mr burns all were the bad guys and it's like let's <laughs> like you know like, let's we'll just personalize it. for a random member of my family let's say god bless them love them i really do they're like yeah those are the bad guys this these three people the mexican drug cartels the iranians like those are the bad guys and you gotta kill the bad guys with the good guys. you
1: gotta use the good guys. you gotta go, oh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Why don't you take this rocket launcher off my back?
0: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the the, the a gab deviant art has been seized by the u s government by the way, that's one thing that we forgot to update our listeners on. Um, yeah, it's been taken off the online because of cancel culture. And, they're clearly stealing uh, our Brand, ideas also. Brandon, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's where the picture are all the pictures of S- sonic and mario kissing went
1: <laughs> there's um there's a segment and call of duty keeps having these fucking segments which i think is really ballsy considering how um associated it is now with u.s war crimes but they have segments where you're in a helicopter and you're doing like the 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 heat sensor vision from really far away mm-hmm. and you're just shooting people on the ground and that segment has a really fun thing that I, I think is a, a mechanic in a lot of the game, but it comes up here a lot more. Where there's civilians amongst the guys with guns, and if you hit a civilian, it you automatic game over, and it's like you can't kill civilians, and you can't do that. Can't do that, and to me, that is so fucking funny. Things. Yeah, the idea that like that's automatic game over. That's Equivalent to death basically is is you've killed a civilian when in reality, you know, there's that fucking infamous footage of the dudes like uh killing a bunch of guys, then murdering the people trying to like give them medical attention after that um I think Chelsea Manning and WikiLeaks and stuff initially leaked, Mm -hmm. and they're just like laughing about it. It's like, yeah, that's what it's actually like. It's not like you can't kill civilians, it's like, ha, you got that civilian, nice. Like, it's this total whitewashing. Of this exact scene that's basically being recreated in this game which i find really fucking nefarious to do and again kind of bold because i think that's something people might recognize and be like oh no i remember seeing this on the news actually
0: yeah i'm i'm modding that feature out and instead you can do all the war crimes and then at the end of the game donald trump pardons you (laughs) Uh, and so you're fine so the non-woke version i'm doing my non my non-woke lib brandon cancel culture version of cod and it yeah it's more it's just more war crimes but then the u the u.s the u.s military comes and takes care of you which you know happens in in in-game universe like you come into conflicts with the with the brass the military bureaucracy Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day they'll take care of their boys and that's oh yeah it's all about
1: shout out to spec ops the line for being like the only game to do uh like a a drone-slash-helicopter heat vision segment uh, and actually do something of worth with it. Yeah. Um, There's one other thing that really stood out to me when I was playing, which was a line from uh, El Sinombre, where she says, the reason the cartel is supporting the war on terror is because there hasn't been a real war on drugs and the war on terror is like a distraction
0: <laughs> what the fuck was that no war on terror no war, war war on terror no war on drugs it's just like <laughs> the idea that they're that, that, yeah. that
1: they've like been in not doing a war on drugs is so fucking crazy in and of itself <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's also like a it's also like a fifth graders plot to a movie oh my god just like what if what if the yeah oh that's the logic right if you have a, if you have a war on terror then like it's, more, it's just more drugs
1: you can only really do one that's war true. at a time the US has never done yeah. many wars at once it's fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the War. <laughs> those are <laughs> like the, uh, speaking of themes of the connections between the Cold War and the War on Terror. It's the oh, sorry, I have something in my eye. Now that shit that's part of the War on Terror. It's it's they're giving me Havana Syndrome. Yeah, it's to stop
1: you cracking the code on the War on Drugs, which never actually happened.
0: Yeah, the CIA they're shooting the cancer drug, the cancer gun at me. Well, it's funny like it Did you see that there's another line that I liked where I can't remember who, who who said it, but it was one of the good guys where it was after I think it may have been the same sequence where Ghost and Soap are trying to escape Philip Graves and his guys, but uh, they're talking about all the war crimes that he does, and then one of the guys says, makes me want to commit a few war crimes of my own. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it, yeah. that's the lesson that we're taking away from this. I get it. I get it. Yeah, war crimes are fine if the other people are
1: bad, right? Yeah, there's an objective good and evil. Yeah, and if you're good, you can do some war crimes. <laughs> You know what's crazy? Uh, the weird, uh, uneven application of like the rules in this game really sticks out to me because like the game opens with you murdering Soleimani, but there's a scene maybe two thirds of the way through the game where you you might have had a chance to kill uh, Twitch streamer Hassan, um, but you, they say nah, it, it would be illegal. You can't kill him here. That that would be illegal. Like. What happened in the opening sequence of the game, bro? At what point did we start to worry about that kind of thing? What the fuck are you talking about?
0: No, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Don't don't worry about that. You can't, but you can't do that. That would be illegal. So it's, don't think about the other it's thing. It's
1: simultaneously uh, correctly demonstrating that like the U.S. can assassinate uh, foreign generals and there's no consequences, while also kind of having that element of like, oh, the rules, they're stopping us doing what we yeah. want to do, what we got to do. You know,
0: yeah. The oh, there's a oh, there's an amazing quote that I grabbed from Eric Prince, the uh, founder of Blackwater. Mm. What's Blackwater called now? Academy. Uh, But he said, um, "Men take bullets to protect the men who take all the credit." A tale of patriots whose names become known only when lawyers and politicians needed to blame somebody for something, which is really, really interesting um, because that's on its face one of the conflicts in this game is between that attitude of a private military contractor versus the supposed restraint and discipline of the US military but yeah. on the other hand that is within the military a problem that's like we were talking about earlier it both justifies the perspective of the sort of private military contractor as an as a as that idea as a necessity but well, the application was bad because they're, they're the, they're, they're just bad, you know? Blackwater, is, the thing is, Eric Prince is right in a way. Like this quote isn't necessarily wrong. Like politicians who were making all of these decisions and doing things for as long as we've both been alive that are just as bad or if not worse, authorizing all of that stuff while now the the privatization of um, security forces is an easy scapegoat for stuff that, like, they asked them to do, stuff that they brought them to do, and just because it was convenient for them to, like... You know, well, now all of a sudden... You know, now we have an easy scapegoat for the war crimes so we can distract from all the other war crimes that we're doing. Like, it's... Like, the... The, the, because a lot there were people in the Bush administration who were, you know, like atrocities from Blackwater and private, private military corporations and contractors, government contractors who had demonstrated that they can provide a service and did it for free for a while in order to be able to start, you know, getting as much money from U.S. taxpayers as possible and continue empire like it. They're now all of a sudden they're like oh well hmm. there is a bad element that got into our otherwise perfectly fine and totally cool organization um, and it's a real shame that that happened but not only should I not be punished for it I should be able to continue to adapt to the circumstances that gave rise to a private military contractor in the first place um, and it's um, it's a, a fake ass bullshit I don't know yeah. No that's I think that's a great summary of one of the
1: central ideas of this game. And I think the other central idea of the game is uh join join the army. Oh. <laughs> uh, look at look at all the toys you get to play with. Join join the army. Don't you want to you want to shoot this gun? Don't you want to drive this little, little fun little vehicle here? Don't you want to um stand on the roof of a truck while somebody's throwing landmines like frisbees at you, shooting grenades at them. Isn't that blowing up hanging, civilians? Hanging out of a
0: helicopter, hanging out of a helicopter by your foot with the upside down with a pistol. And do we remember that sequence? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and then you land on top of a truck like you're Spider Man. And then start jumping from trucks until you steal another truck. And that's when you have to start dodging the landmines and stuff. That's all the same that sequence. That road Talking sequence about, is, is so How is that all long. in the same? It's so fucking Ugh.
1: long and just awful. <laughs> oh, my God. There is um, a segment near the beginning of the game where you're blowing up Soleimani and you do something I thought was really interesting where you take first person control of the missile that blows him up and Mm. it's weird and voyeuristic and dramatic. And I think that it also kind of reveals the core ideological principle behind this game. And I think that when you look at the marketing, you just see uh, the character ghost who's, uh whose face you never see he just wears a skull mask um whereas i would say the character soap is more like a main character i don't i'm not sure if you ever play ghost i don't think you do i could be wrong cuz you kind of jump between characters a few times but he's mostly like a side guy who's there he's part of the team so it stood out to me as weird that he was the main marketing until i saw that missile scene and then I realized none of these people are the main character of the game. They went for the literal faceless man to put on it. Because these guys aren't the main character of the game. The main character of the game is the fucking missile. The main character of the game is the guns you get to play with. It's the vehicles you get to fucking cruise around in. Because that is what they're selling you on. It's the military experience. Ghost should be faceless. Because you want to imagine you know, the, the 14-year-old boy's who make up a lot of the player base of these games, they want to be imagining themselves in that position. He's literally a vessel for self-insert. The characters don't matter. It's all just for a fucking recruitment officer in a few years to be like, hey, you want to play with one of these? And then for your fucking neurons to activate because you played it in a video game that you liked at a, a formative age. That is the purpose of this game. Everything else is fucking window dressing.
0: They're your friends. Like, your, your your buddies, these are the people that you can hang out with. These are the kinds of things that you get to do. Look how important and mask and, like, cool you can feel. Look how powerful you could feel. Um, Call of Duty as a recruitment tool is interesting because there was that period where members of the military were playing it on Twitch. Yeah. Um, and... It wasn't going very well. No, it was not for them. A lot of people thought it was pretty funny, Um, but like I believe the military. In the same way that the military has the uh, like U.S. military academies compete in their own um, division in college sports, but still, you know, they have football teams. They have all of the stuff. Like you know, video games is a really logical conclusion, both as a recruitment tool and as just sort of like a display of a like a a constructed idea of what you know military service could be for you it could like you know you could even go into playing this game with the yeah this is silly and this is hollywood or that sort of a thing um you know this is exaggerated or imagined or that kind of a thing but that's not really the point the point isn't to get you to walk away with the you know perfectly manifest content of this cultural product but is to more fundamentally reinforce the need for these particular institutions in the first place and how ordinary people like ghost, whatever his real name is, Simon, Simon Riley, Riley, um, like, you know, these sort of, a lot of these characters, they have backstories where the, these kind of like down and out sometimes and working class kids who found their outlet and found meaning Um, through the military and they became lifers and then they went into special operations and now they have all of this sort of like freedom and mobility and they see the world or whatever if any of that sounds fucking familiar that's just literally the that's the recruitment tactic of the US military that's the stuff they say to you when they come to school and they set up the booth and when they do things in assemblies and like their the red carpet is rolled out for any fucking recruitment Yahoo to come down and prey on poor teenagers that's the exact stuff they say do you want meaning and stability and discipline in your life do you want to feel like you have a sense of purpose do you want to travel and see the world would you like to get an education would you like to sort of not do the thing that you're doing you know right now maybe because it probably isn't very meaningful exciting or you know fulfilling for you well you know try dumping scorpions out of your boots in the middle east for you know 2 years and try have you tried a traumatic brain injury as a way of promoting promoting and improving your life like it's <laughs> you know like go murder people internationally or get a tbi and it's fine because you'll get va benefits and like but oh, sorry you know the va doesn't work right we're not going to fund it properly um you get money for college but oh sorry now college doesn't isn't doing anything for you um like (laughs) at least you have your va benefits and you know part of your brain has been turned into pudding (laughs) like it's yeah so it's it's like to be cynical about it is really easy because we've seen the effects of like military recruitment in contemporary culture, and it's just all dog fucking shit, so bad I think um
1: I think this might be one of the more egregious versions of of this like when you go to Amsterdam, you get that gorgeously rendered sort of street, the canal and the bridge. It's like this is a like a tourist postcard. This is being like hey, you might get to go here. You know, what teenage boy in America doesn't want to go to Amsterdam? Like, that's such a specific city to me for them to right. choose and to really let you walk around it like a normal person in a way you don't in most of the game. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, mm.
1: that was for recruitment.
0: <laughs> that was like, ooh, this could be a little treat, you know? And there's a there's a movie that I watched on a plane called The 355. It's like a spy movie. Um, it has Jessica Chastain, Penelope Cruz... Um Lupita Nyong'o and a few other people. Um. So and it's about basically a a, a the links between CIA, the MI six, and what Colombian special forces who come together as an ensemble of international spies to stop someone from obtaining a like a a, a the a, a a device to you know make planes crash and create powder out power outages all on the computer um and it's just like hot ladies traveling and cool they go to morocco like right. they go to i care they care where they start out in your like it opens up with beautiful bogota and then they travel all over the world um and it's so fun and cool and you know at one point i talked about this on a different podcast and i'm trying to remember where exactly but at one point they talk about their first time and by their first time i mean their first kill when they're in the military or whenever you know they talk about and they talk about it like the first time they had sex what was your first my first was that was that it's really gnarly and horrifying um and that's what you know Call of Duty is the same thing like video games are like it's your day-to-day life all of it get sort of like folded into these you know desires to see the world and like be you know an important and disciplined person with connected to an organization that has a lot of meaning and like you get to go be important and do things it's just like this is just you know it's it's war crime propaganda it's just pro- it's just propaganda
1: yeah I don't know where I was going with that. No, that's it. It's fucking it's propaganda. <laughs> it's extremely naked and repulsive. As I said the last time we did a Call of Duty game, this thing is fucking evil. <laughs> should not exist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we're getting on in time now. We should probably if you got any last thoughts, we should wrap it on up and uh and tell people where they can find us. Uh like
0: physically. I'm, I am very, very (laughs) here's my real final thoughts. I'm very interested to see what the fuck they do with the next one, considering how they, the cliffhanger at the end of this game. The, what, like, it's gonna be, and considering everything that's gonna happen during its production cycle internationally, like, as the United States continues to sort of ebb and influence around the world and new enemies, imagined and real, start to appear. Um, It's going to get crazier and crazier, and uh, we will be here to cover it. That's right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope that brings you all some solace.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I'm going to play. Oh, believe me, I'm going to play it. I have a special kind of brain poisoning.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um and we're playing these sorts of games so that you don't have to. If you ever feel some weird urge to, don't fucking buy it. Do not give these sick little freaks money if you can possibly avoid it. Um, that's it from us. Where can they find you, Kyle?
0: You can find me uh, 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 in inside of a shipping container um in a city in Mexico that doesn't exist. Um and you can also f- you can also find me at labor kyle on Twitter or YouTube or zero books. Um yeah, what about UK? Where can they find you?
1: Um so you can find me heading my own uh, private military contractor company uh which I'm going to call White Solid um <laughs> legally distinct from any other ones you might have heard of uh we've never done anything wrong uh as white solid and you can't prove it um and to hear more about sort of what we're going to get up to in Mexico um you can follow us on our official Twitter account which is k and skittles uh, and you can follow us on our official YouTube channel also called k and skittles for more uh pmc updates uh, and recruitment information obviously <laughs>
0: P- PMC updates PMC
1: update All gamers are bastards
0: Ravioli. Ah, mamma mia. Go oh, round and round. <laughs>